Welcome to the Resurrection People podcast with Preston Sharp, pastor of Sacrament Church in Nashville, Tennessee, and curator of The Art of Preaching. Each week, we look at three readings from the Bible, drawn from the Revised Common Lectionary. Find more at theartofpreaching.substack.com. Welcome back to the Resurrection People podcast. I'm Preston Sharp. Today, I've got a little bit of background noise, probably because of the thunder that we're experiencing here in Middle Tennessee right now. We haven't had rain in a while. We've got some now. But today we're looking at, speaking I guess of water, (laughs) we're looking today at Exodus 17, 1 through 7. We pick up the story after the congregation of Israel has just been delivered from Egypt and they find themselves now wandering in the desert. And it says they're led from place to place as the Lord commanded. And then as they're in the desert, as you can imagine, they have some needs some real needs. Their presenting need at the moment is they're thirsty. And the wilderness is a place with no water. Now, remember, they had this covered in Egypt. Even though they were in slavery, they had water and food and all the things they need. But here, they're on the edge. That's what the wilderness speaks to us. They don't know where their next drink of water is coming from. Now, this pattern will follow in Exodus along an alternating structure. So we hear the people complain about a lack of water or a lack of food, and then again about a lack of water. So water, food, water. So it says they bring a dispute against Moses in verse 2. So they're coming after their leader, Moses, because they don't have water. Now, have you ever been so hungry or thirsty that you just wanted to fight somebody? (laughs) This might rumor a little bit, not to the extreme extent, but a little bit of what they're experiencing here. Have you ever been on a long commute back from work? You know you have food at home, but you're hungry and the fast food looks so good. Sometimes it's not even fast food. Sometimes you stop to pick up groceries on the way, but you see candy at the store and you're so hungry and it looks so good. You want to get that meat, that need met right now, even though you know it's not best for your body or for your wallet. Well, it's clear from scripture, especially in the Psalms, that there's nothing wrong with complaining to God about the things that happen to us and the way people treat us. Although the desert seems like a God-forsaken place, it's not. God has led them there. Still, feeling God's absence, the Israelites complain to Moses. Now, Moses equates their grumbling to him to their testing the Lord, all right? So they're coming against God's assigned leader, And that is equated with coming against God himself. But the people still grumble against Moses. They ask why he brought them from Egypt only to make them and their children and livestock die of thirst. Now, often we find ourselves in our most vulnerable, dependent places. And then we turn to the thing that we think will satisfy us the quickest. For the children of Israel, the last place they remember their needs being fully met was Egypt. Now, it was slavery, but at least they had water there, so they look back there. For us, the place where we turn when we're the most vulnerable may be performance. You know, I I got a lot of accolades when I did that one thing, so maybe if I just do really well, then I'll get that need met. We look to approval, try to get other people to like us. We turn to workaholism. We put our whole lives into work. We turn to shopping, alcohol pornography, because at least we know that's something we can be in control of. 
something we can seek out and go to that can get that need for peace or security or love met. We often forget that this thing to which we used to turn is slavery. Now, we got to say, there's nothing wrong with performing well in life. There's nothing wrong with getting other people's approval. There's nothing wrong with work or shopping or alcohol or sex. All of those are good in their context. The problem is when we depend on them to meet our needs, they can become little gods for us, forms of control. So the question that we ask in times of need and in feelings of abandonment is the same question the Israelites ask. Is the Lord among us? Where is God in the midst of my need? On some level for Israel, shouldn't this be obvious, we think? God delivered his people from Egypt. Remember the whole plagues and the Red Sea thing? God set them free. Of course he's with them. And yet their need causes them to doubt. How familiar that is. Moses turns to God, which is really what Israel should be doing at the moment. Crying out to God is always the appropriate posture in Scripture. It is what the Israelites did when they were in slavery in Egypt. They cried out to God and God responded. But Moses is afraid. That's real. What am I to do with these people? He says to God. They are almost ready to stone me. God doesn't give Moses advice on how to deal with them. He merely tells him how to get water. In other words, God hears them and he responds. Israel's deepest questions are answered here. God is with us. Moses is instructed to pass before the people, verse 6, which we might skip over that really quickly if we're not careful, but think about this. If the people are really about to stone him, God's command to Moses to pass in front of them is pretty dangerous. So Moses himself is called to dependence, to trust. Does he trust God to save him even from the people? We see that in their thirst, God does provide. He tells Moses to hit a rock and water will come out. Moses thinks that stones may be a source of his death. He thinks he's going to be stoned. But God says, no, actually a rock, a stone is going to be the thing which brings life. Notice that the rock is located on Mount Horeb the same place where Moses will later receive the law. So think about this, both this stone, this rock is a source of life for water. It's also a source of life through the law for the community. The double name where it's named here, Masa Meribah, shows this to be a place of divine testing. So Israel's mistake is not doubting God's presence. That's natural. That's a normal part of life. Their mistake is in demanding that God do something to prove his presence with them. They want God on their own terms rather than on God's terms. They will only believe in God if he shows himself the way they think he should show himself. Now, the reading never tells us God was not going to provide for the needs of his people. It's not that God's hand needed to be moved in order to give them water. They had a real need but they lacked the confidence in God that this real need would be met. So they began to look for alternatives. This will be an ongoing theme of Israel's story, and it is often the reality of our story. One of the best definitions for sin that I know is sin is an inappropriate response to a legitimate need. I have a father who is a therapist, and he uses this often, and I've heard it from him over the years. 
We all have real needs in our lives, needs for basic necessities or love or acceptance, needs for validation, community, relationship. But we are always tempted to get that need met elsewhere. The children of Israel took the absence of the met need as abandonment. Each of us will experience need on a consistent basis. God doesn't promise us a life where we will never need anything, but he does promise us that he will meet our needs, not always in the way that we choose or in our timing, but he will always be faithful. An important element of this is that God is not transactional. God is neither dependent on Israel, nor is God merely the means of production. So what do I mean by that? Well, in this world, in the ancient world, you often looked for the gods as only the source of meeting your needs. They do things for you if you do things for them. The one true God doesn't work that way. God takes the initiative to respond to Israel and is not conditioned by her. We notice here that the same staff that strikes the rock for water is the staff that God used to strike the Nile. If you remember that. It's a reminder that the same God who brought plagues on Egypt and delivered them is the same God who will provide for them. It is true that the same God who has set us free who's delivered us, who's brought us into his family, is the same God who will provide for our needs. Thanks for listening to the Resurrection People podcast. Subscribe, rate, and review to help us get the word out. You can hear full sermons at sacramentchurch.com and find out more at theartofpreaching.substack.com.